Good afternoon. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Chris Kostich. Alongside me this afternoon, CJ Medeiros, the armchair GM and the Ravens homer himself, Justin Tucker. Yeah, yeah. We got ourselves a pretty solid list to go over here. We're going to review the Steelers beating the Titans last night. We're going to go over the trades from the trade deadline. Uh, Josh McDaniels getting fired at 1.30 a.m. Eastern time while he was out trick-or-treating with his kids. And, <laughs> of course, the preview for week nine. Starting out, though, Steelers beating the Titans 20-16. to Came down to a final drive. Will Levis got the Titans down the field, but threw a pick at the goal line. Didn't mean, didn't mean he didn't have a bad game, though. Granted, 22 for 39, still over 50%. 262 yards and interception. Uh, Derrick Henry had himself a good day as well. 17 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Passing offense for the Steelers wasn't amazing. 19 for 30, 160 yards, one touchdown. They were able to keep Kenny clean for the most part. No sacks at all. Um, and only two quarterback hits. So I'd say that's a pretty successful day. Um, but only 160 yards passing, though. I the only difference really for the Steelers offense was that Matt Canada was on the sideline for once, not up in the booth. And his play calling was a little better. You saw the run game actually be elevated a little bit. 166 yards on the ground for the Steelers. Jalen Warren had 88 yards. Najee had 69 yards. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, but main takeaway from this game, guys. TJ, uh, we'll start with you. Good God, that was a painful game to watch. <laughs> and I remember the NFL was all enthralled with uh, Will Levis. Oh, my God, throws four touchdowns out in his debut. Well, I mean, it's obviously way too early to judge, but you Titans fans better pray that that wasn't a flash in the pan. Because when you have guys sub in or you don't have a lot of film on them, Sometimes they can go off. Some names would be like uh, Matt Flynn. Remember that one uh, backup the Packers had, you know, and guys like that. You yeah. know, guys like that that can just – oh, and Matt Castle in New England, you know, guys like that that just would come in and just go off, you know, because there's no film on them. And now that uh, Will Levis, now that they had some stuff to go on and he was actually facing a good defense, he was shut down. It was pretty obvious. And, I mean, what, like Chris mentioned, he had 262 yards, but no touchdowns and the game-losing pick, right? He got them all the way down yes. and then threw the pick. I mean, Derrick Henry had a good game. You know, 75 yards on the ground, the touchdown. But this Titans team, if, if you really think that Will Levis is the guy, then I think you better rebuild – and rebuild fast. That's really the only option left for the Titans, if I do say so myself. You know, just the Titans, they just don't enthrall me. They're not what they once were. It's obvious uh, Ryan Tannehill is Ryan over the hill. Uh, Malik Willis is not the answer. I mean, I like him. Not even close. But unfortunately not. Will Levis seems to have the most potential. You have Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears, but, oh, my God, something needs to change. And then there's the Steelers. Let me tell you something right now. I don't care that they won this game. I do not. 
But you got to get rid of uh, Matt Canada. Because if you give a real, actual, qualified offensive coordinator a team that has Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens, and you can probably get, you know, more than 160 passing yards. You know? That's Mm -hmm. just how it is, unfortunately. And Fire Matt Canada. No, they're not gonna. And that's the thing. And Tuck has... And here's the thing. Tuck knows, as a fan of a rival team, that the Steelers, their biggest organizational weakness is pride. They They never, ever, ever admit their mistakes. They double down. And let's face it, their offensive coordinator, Randy Feetner, was kept out well past his expiration date. And, And that is what I expect to happen to Canada. And so the Steelers... Let's face it, Tomlin's a darn good coach, and he's just going to will them to 500. Well, yes. It's not going to be enough. Every time. Yeah, he does. And, and I mean, but the Steelers and Titans just – this was – just I won't lie to you. This was overall, I mean, an ugly game, but an inconsequential game as well. Because let's face it, even if the Steelers do wander into the playoffs, they're going to get pimp smacked out first round. I hope Don't so. Don't make the rules. They That's just how it is. And I, you started with the Titans first. I'm starting with the Steelers first. That defense will be the sole reason they stay 500. They're the only reason. To no end. They're the only reason. The only reason. I don't know how Mike Tomlin does this on a regular basis. I don't understand how he can pull miracles like this out of, out of his ass. I don't know how he does it. It, it, it's egregious how good that defense is. That offense is so abysmal, that defense has to make up for it by keeping them in the game until they can be productive. I don't know how. I don't know why. I, Mike Tom is just a really damn good coach, and it annoys me to no end. I was thinking Tennessee was going to win this game because of what Will Levis did. I'm not going to say he was going to be as good as last week. But I'm thinking, okay, I think he can do good enough to give me at least 20 points to win this game. He couldn't do it. That defense is way too good and way too deserving of better from their offense. Matt Canada, if I'm a Steelers fan, needs to be fired today because they have all these weapons, and for some reason, they can't get, like, over 20 points. It's abysmal how disgusting that team could be. But because of their OC not adjusting to the times, they are stuck in the position that they are in. So – for some reason, that defense will keep them in games that they have no business being in, and they'll keep hanging around, especially when it comes to the Ravens. And it annoys me every single year. The they only don't... the only star or receiver that actually had a good game was Deontay Johnson. He had seven catches, 90 yards. And mm-hmm. if we want to talk about underutilizing targets, George Pickens, two catches, and negative, negative one, one yard. Right? How do yeah, you – how can you not – you were able to at least get him the ball when Deontay Johnson was in on the team or was off the field, and now they, he's just completely wiped from the offense all of a sudden. It happens. And it, it, it is unfortunate in that system because I believe he should be the number one. But uh, I don't even know where to begin with this team. And I'm a rivalry. I want them to lose. I wanted them to lose, and they still won this game. That's how good that defense is. I mean, that's just also the Titans' defense also just being so bad, too. Mm-hmm. They, 
that Titans defense is underrated. They they kept them in that game for longer than necessary. That, they did against a bad Steelers offense, though. That's all they yeah. needed. All they needed was to keep them in the game. And that offense that Tennessee had didn't help them out. Well, what does it matter if the offense doesn't help either side out? I mean, like, look, that's all well and good. You could say this Steelers defense is the only reason. But even still, it's not like the Titans have a good offense. They're one Derrick Henry shy of being a literal bottom five team. Yes, but they still got that one guy, Derrick Henry. uh... Yeah, that's cute. They do have that one guy, and they're three and five. True. A Derrick Henry that almost got traded, too. He should have been traded, but he got veto. Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go yeah. there. Well, Soon. well, we'll segue that into the trade deadline review. A uh, lot of big trades happened at the deadline, just before the deadline. Obviously, last week we were talking about um guy just went to the Eagles. I can't think of his name now. Um, Bayard. Bayard went to the Eagles uh, a couple weeks ago, or last week, excuse me. Um, and right at the deadline, Montez Sweat traded to the Bears. Chase Young traded to the 49ers. Commanders were just unloading, pretty much unloading the team there. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones traded to the Lions. Razul Douglas traded to the Bills. Leonard Williams traded to the Seahawks. Josh Dobbs traded to the Vikings. Not starting. Um He's going to be the number two guy to start, but you never know. Could potentially see some time out of him. But all solid trades, though. I mean, 49ers, they probably didn't even need Chase Young, but they just made their pass rush that much better with Nick Bosa on the other end as well. Montez Sweat is a dog that got traded to the Bears, who's going to definitely bring a lot to that already suffering defense. Razul Douglas going to the Bills, who they desperately needed a corner. Mm-hmm. Leonard Williams going to the Seahawks, upping a already pretty solid Seahawks team, getting them closer to what they used to be in the Legion of Boom days. And uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones going to the Lions. It's a solid pickup for the Lions on an already pretty solid young roster or wide receiver core that they have. Um, Justin, we'll start or Tuck, we'll start with you. Um, best trade that you saw, really. Best straight was uh, Commanders getting rid of um, Chase Young to the 49ers. I don't understand how the 49ers got away with this and how we weren't able to get him for a third, but that's neither here nor there. I believe that single-handedly makes that defense top three. I believe oh, yeah. that's how good that trade could be if Chase Young actually plays the way he's supposed to play. I think he didn't get the necessary chances he should have gotten with the Commanders or the necessary coaching, I believe he'll get that with the 49ers. And I think we'll see a different Chase Young, especially if you have Nick Bosa on the other side, which means you'll be seeing either a lot of one-on-ones or a lot of, like, stunts. And I believe if you give Chase Young stunts and one-on-ones, his sack totals are going to ramp up even more so. And so that's I think, it. That, I think, think that's going to single-handedly be the best trade so far. That's if he can stay healthy, too. That's I should, true. I should add. Uh, CJ, your thoughts? Let me tell you something about Chase Young. This man was a defensive rookie of the year, was he not? He was. He was. And now he's being reunited with his college buddy, Nick Bosa. Yes, he is. And with the chemistry that they already have, that's going to be great for a San Francisco defense. 
And when you have Nick Bosa, who more likely than not is going to be drawing a majority of the double teams, that's just going to leave Chase Young in a one-on-one, and that's a match that I like. And mm-hmm. even still, they have uh, other pass rushers too. Like uh, there's like this one guy that's done pretty well. Oh my god, I hate that I'm blanking on his name. But oh, uh, Drake Jackson too is another one they have off mm-hmm. the edge, who's yeah. been slowly coming to his own. Very underrated. And you have three quality edge rushers, and with how Bosa and Young are built, one of them could probably play uh, just D end and not edge. So I definitely think that this Niners defense got. You know, got a lot better. But here's what we're not talking about. The commanders got fleeced. You got a third. And kids, kids listening at home, this is why we always say, you, unless you are a buyer, you never, ever do business at the deadline because if you're a seller, you're going to get lowballed. I mean, yeah. you only got a third for Chase Young. When when you could probably, yeah, if you wait to the offseason, you could probably, or if you traded him last offseason, you probably could have gotten a second. Especially because they got Montez, first, depending on. Yeah. Especially because they got Montez Sweat for a second as well. Yep, that that's correct. And I, I do want to point out that Montez Sweat, I definitely think should have gone for, could have gone for first, so they also waited. Yep. So I mean, I think if you did this during the offseason, you could have gotten a first and the second round, or now you're getting the second and the third. That's just bad business. But but you gotta remember th- their front seven was always good, but now if you're the commanders, this is gonna put more pressure on Deron Payne. It's gonna put more pressure on Jonathan Allen. And when you have these guys who are gonna be spread thin, you better hope somebody else steps up because I'm not gonna lie. You dismantled arguably the best front four pass rushers like group in the league, and for what? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea why they would do that. Yeah, and especially considering that Montez Sweat going to the Bears, and the Bears are already looking to give him a long-term deal too. So if you wanted yeah. to somehow get him back in free agency, forget about it because he's probably going to get signed to an extendo uh, sometime this season. Um, any other of these trades that you guys seem de- like deem fit to talk about? I think Ken uh, Wire to the Eagles is a good pickup. Well, yeah. We well, talked didn't about that already that happen? Already. Yeah. Tucker yeah. talked about that. Well, fair, 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 fair. All right. Here, here's something that I've been uh, thinking of. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was traded to the Lions. Yes. That's correct. And I won't lie. He's been underutilized this season. Only his eight catches for 97 yards. That's disgraceful. And if you put him on a Lions team that, where I won't lie to you, he's more likely than not going to be a rotational wide receiver three because obviously your top dogs are Jameson Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. We've got other guys like Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond or Khalif. I always forget how you pronounce it. It changes time to time. But – when you look at this guy, he's fast. He's 6'2", 204, has the ability to go out and moss people and stuff. He could be an elite red zone target. And keep in mind, last season, he had 839 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. So let's not pretend that he's some scrub. This could be a sneakily underrated pickup who could probably jump immediately to the wide receiver three spot in Detroit. Definitely. I can definitely agree with that. And I mean, the it's a good pickup in general to 
reload considering that they got rid of marvin jones well he left because of personal reasons but in general he's gone so you gotta somehow reload the wide receiver spot so you don't feel like he's missing so it's definitely a great pickup for the lions in general um not really a whole lot else to really take away from these trades i mean obviously there's one more though that i think we need to just briefly mention Rasul Douglas mm, to yeah. Buffalo. I was just about and, to talk about him. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want no, to point out how when the Buffalo Bills' uh, reign of dominance in the AFC East was first starting out, secondary was one of their strong suits. Mm-hmm. And it's quickly become one of their biggest liabilities. Tell me about it. Because here, here's the thing. You've arguably the best safety duo in the league with Hyde and Poyer. And when he's healthy, yeah, that's a big if. You have Tredavious White, who's a top 10 corner. But here's the thing. Those names are good. But the Bills' secondary is extremely top-heavy. When one of those dominoes falls, it's a free-for-all. And what happened is that two weeks ago, you lost to New England who is far and away the worst team in your division, and you got gashed by Mac Jones, who got 25 of 30 and put two touchdowns on your head and literally led the game-winning drive on you. You can't let that happen. And correct me if I'm wrong, they also lost to the Jets. So, yeah, you can't let these games that you have no business losing get away from you. Putting Rasul Douglas opposite Tredavious White, and Rasul Douglas can even be a good stopgap corner one of his in his own right. That that can only help you. But yeah, I think that was a very savvy move for Buffalo, and you didn't have to give up all that much either. Yeah, Tuck, any thoughts? As far as Rasul Douglas is concerned, I felt like this is a trade that the Buffalo Bills needed to do because they needed such help in the secondary. I feel like it was a necessary thing to do if they want to have like Super Bowl aspirations. I think this helps him out tremendously. I like Rasul Douglas, especially his resurgence back with the Packers. Uh, overall, I think this is pretty good for them, and hopefully this elevates them to where they were beforehand. And I think this can only take them in the step in the right direction. I don't think they go backwards with this trade. So all in all, good all around and unnecessary for them. So moving on with on that note, Josh McDaniels fired on Halloween night. Well, really the wee hours of November 1st. Oh man. Where do we even begin? I mean, spooky season. Yeah. Where do, where do we, where do we even begin on Josh McDaniels? Um, May I? Yeah. Let, yeah, sure. Have at it. Well, it happened the early hours of November 1st, but you know, it is November now. So Raiders nation, I dare say you got something to be thankful for. for thanksgiving later this month the bad man is gone and just look and here's the thing i said at the time chris you weren't part of our fumble family then but i have a sneaking suspicion even you thought this when the raiders got josh mcdaniels as their head coach we all probably said well that's a stupid idea yeah and look and, and also, they got rid of their GM, Dave Ziegler, as well. And uh, look, as you can see right here, I may be a wee bit of a Pats fan, but whether you love New England or hate them, I think we can all admit trying to poach away 
their former coaches and front office assistants does not work. You cannot recreate that. At least not without Tom Brady and Bill. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. Can we finally admit it doesn't work? This is like the umpteenth time that a literal, like, actual, like, head or former uh, coach of the Patriots hasn't worked out. And this has been going back since the early 2000s. And I'll give you some names. Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cronell, Bill O'Brien, uh, Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. Like, who keeps thinking this is a good idea? And how many times does a cautionary tale have to be repeated? Josh McDaniels, in his first head coaching stint, was exposed without Brady and Belichick. Brady left. He got a little exposed. You know, the offense took a step back. I mean, that was statistically Mac Jones' best year, so he does have something there, but he's just not head coaching quality. He should never have been another head coach. And now whatever happens with the Raiders happens. I mean – you have a top five receiver in Devontae Adams that's unhappy. Josh Jacobs, who's in a massive slump thanks to McDaniel's coaching after having a career year. Jimmy Garoppolo, who looks more like Nathan Peterman. And, and a defense that makes our southern border look secure. So the Raiders are just one massive tire fire. And I'm sorry. Getting rid of McDaniels was like putting a Band-Aid on a gangrenous wound. Your issues go deep. And I know you have some good players, but unless your name is Max Crosby and maybe Josh Jacobs, it's time for a fire sale. Everyone must go. Including Devontae? Oh, yeah. Of course, including Devontae. He should have been traded at the deadline. Exactly. He it's very obvious that Devontae Adams does not want to be there, and he's extremely unhappy. You need to free him. I, it's over. It if he was available, over. I would want the Ravens to give up a first for him. I would want the Ravens to give up a first for Devontae Adams. Anyone That's the would. only time I'd be happy. Uh, absolutely. So just keep that in mind. It Basically, it's over. You're keeping him there against your will. It's time of a fire sale. You're not winning with this roster. You need... You know, you remember when when there's a tumor, even some healthy tissue is removed just to make sure it's over. The only thing I can stress is that you just rebuild. Josh McDaniels was a good first start, but you can't just fire him and say job done. Job's not done. But they can't do a fire sale now because the trade. No, this offseason, Tucker. You want it to happen this offseason? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I could see. I mean, if they are giving away pieces, someone's going to have to re-sign Josh Jacobs, though. Someone's going to have to add another know, thing. To note. Trade another another tag, thing to I note is that the Raiders are currently their top two paying people right now are people that are no longer coaches for this team. What? Oh yeah, John Gruden and Josh oh yeah. Gruden. Because of all that guaranteed money, so there goes some. Stupid. There goes some of that payday that could be going into guys like Josh Jacobs, or maybe even Devontae Abs if you really want to bring him back. But you they know, they have to franchise take Josh Jacobs if they really want him, and apparently they do because they would have traded him to the. I can't stand Oakland, I can't. <laughs> Las Vegas, whatever. I was say, well, thank God you can't stand Oakland because the Raiders aren't there. No, nah, I kid, I kid. But um, it's just, my point is. Actually, no, no, no. Chris, you brought up a very, very good point. 
Like they're still paying the big bucks to two coaches who are not coaching for them. John, they still have five years left to pay John Gruden. I forget how many more, more years. I want to say have. like four or three of McDaniel's or, but regardless so Raiders fans strap in, it's going to get worse before it gets better. The and the only way that that's going to get better is they're going to have to hope that one of those two somehow get a coaching job. Obviously, Gruden's not going to get a coaching job anymore. You're going to have to hope that someone hires McDaniels as their OC or something and hope that they can take some of that payoff because one of the rules in the league is that um, these – so McDaniels is going to have to fi- like actively try to find work, obviously, and whatever yeah. he gets paid by – whatever team he ends up working for however much he gets paid gets subtracted from what the raiders end up having to pay him too so they gotta hope to god that it's some form of lump a good lump of change basically but some other stats to share um so mcdaniel start in his stint with the broncos started six and oh got caught for cheating since then after that, after that, you guys want to know what he went after that? What do you want? Five and seventeen. Oh God! His tenure with the Raiders nine and sixteen, and it involved him not scoring over twenty points. Or, excuse me, that's a lie. He did. Um, but anyways, couldn't get Devontae Adams going. He could somehow couldn't figure out how to get Hunter Renfro in the mix. All the basically turned the entire locker room against him. There's reports saying that players in the locker room are thrilled by the fact that he got fired. So long way to go here. Oh yeah. Even start with this nonsense. Long way to go. If you're the Raiders, um, especially with how much they're still up to pay him and Gruden, but we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have our week nine preview here on the fumble Ruski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Kostich, CJ Medeiros, and Justin Tucker. We move on to the Week 9 preview. Good slate of games here. We'll start with uh, the Ravens for our Raven homer. Oh, Ravens, there we go. Oh, there Ravens we go. Seahawks uh, spreads at six in favor of the Ravens. Um, I forget what the record is now for Lamar, but still only one loss against NFC. Teams. We don't talk about that record. <laughs> I talked about it last Friday. It didn't. It didn't matter. So, we'll talk about it now. We don't need to jinx it any more than necessary, especially. I got some wood right here. Side. I'm knocking for you, but um, I don't know though. I I considering that 
stat in mind, it's hard to say that the Ravens aren't going to win. And especially with the Ravens having at the very least a top 10 defense, maybe even top five Seahawks defense is also really good too. Mm-hmm. I could see this easily being a defensive slugfest. I could also see the Ravens just blowing it open all of a sudden. Uh, I see it being a close game, but I think the Ravens pull it out in the end because I think their defense is just better than Seattle's. I think I think Geno's going to struggle a little bit with the pass rush and the secondary that we have. And then just overall, I think Lamar's just going to put it all together to put the game out of reach for Seattle late in the fourth. I got it 27-21. Okay. The Ravens and Seahawks, I think the Ravens are rightfully favored. They just have a they have more speed on offense. But I do like, you know, obviously Seattle's got some dangerous pieces of their own, but Absolutely. I think the Ravens have some more explosive high-end capability. And that's why I'm going to say Baltimore wins uh, 24-17. Yeah, I I would have to probably go around the 24-17 or 27-20 mark as well. Um, I'm not going to give a score because uh, it's probably going to end up being the same as you guys, but I got the Ravens for this one as well. Um, they're just a hot team right now. That's one of the best ways you can even put it. Uh, Ravens receivers finally caught their stride. Uh, they're doing the getting some good work in for Lamar. Lamar is still or back to playing that MVP level again. Um, so, yeah, pretty easy one. Uh, Patriots commanders. Patriots by two and a half. Um, obviously, defense, just the Washington defense, obviously just got – it just got worse because of the trade deadline. Curtis Samuel also got ruled out about half hour ago uh, via Ian Rappaport. So offense dwindling as well on top of the fact that the O-line sucks. Um, I'd have to go Patriots with this one, but even then it still seems a little weird uh, with Kendrick Bourne out and so many pieces just being injured for the Patriots in general. Um, they are getting Keyshawn uh, Boot going though. Uh, reports coming in that he's had his best week practice so far good news but you know it he should have been playing this whole time and for some reason because of one little mistake that wasn't even his fault he's been benched since week one don't give me that look cj not his fault what do you mean he got shoved out of bounds before he could even get a foot down that's just a better defensive play oh all right, never mind. I'll let that take slide. I thought you were going to say it was like a bad ball. I was like, no, that was perfect. No, no, no. He caught it. All right, you know what? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Yeah. But so and now for those of you who don't know, I'm going to be at that game Sunday. Ooh. And Adam Wright, I believe, will be as well. And for me, I, I just – the defense got a lot less scary, and so a Patriots O-line, which needs a confidence boost, should be able to get it done. And they've been playing better ever since Onwenu was moved to right tackle. And the O-line is in general has been playing better. Yeah. But the issue is, stop me if you've heard this one before, Mac Jones doesn't have weapons. And, and look, and I'll admit the Patriots were struggling before, but they have been hit hard with the injury bug. They're just really too injured to compete especially on defense where injuries have just 
killed them. You know, Gonzalez and Judon are are just you know they're done for the year. And even though Curtis Samuel is out, you still have to deal with scary Terry McLaurin and uh, Jahan Dotson. And I swear to God, if I see Miles Bryant just drag himself on that field for the umpteenth time, I might cry in the stands. Or maybe I pretend if I don't. But that being said, just on paper, it's a game New England should win. This is a game I can see being just ugly. For either side, no matter who wins, it's not going to be Vincing win, it's gonna be ugly. As I said on the show before, one of those wins that's going to raise more questions than it answers. But I would say if you had a Chris Meyer make me choose, it's probably going to be New England, probably like 20 to 13. Tuck, your thoughts? Overall, I think New England has the best chance of winning considering the mood that is going on with the commanders with the loss of key pieces. Overall, I think they're starting to slowly shut it all down and rebuild again. I think New England should win this game. I think their pieces are just overall better considering that Curtis Samuels is out. Unless Sam Howell just says, I got Terry McLaurin. I'll just continue to straight throw him the ball all game which I do not think the Patriots will let happen. I think they will shut that down immediately. And so it comes down to the running game, and I believe the Patriots have just a better overall running game and overall offense right now. And I believe somehow, some way, they will edge this victory out. I Yeah. Obviously, I got the Patriots all day on this one, and – they really need to win this game too, because I said this on the pod before. But this next stretch, if they want to, because the fact that they made no moves at the deadline shows either Bills just full of himself, or they still believe they can get themselves into a wild card spot. And looking at the schedule, they really need to win this game to get themselves going, because they got Commanders, and then they're in Germany next week against the Colts, got the bye, and then they're in MetLife against the Giants. Then you got the Chargers. I'll actually be at that game. Uh, Steelers, and then you got your Monday night game against the Chiefs. If they can somehow win out, then they'll still they'll be in a wild card or fighting for a wild card spot. They'll be at seven and six. So that's – in terms of make or break games, this game against the Commanders could very much well be a make or break game. Yeah, I think so too. Moving on to the Germany game, which probably should have been one of the first games we talked about, actually. Uh, Chiefs-Dolphins in Germany. Chiefs by one and a half. I got the Dolphins. And here's why. Here's why. I get that the Chiefs finally have a defense now. They finally have a top 10, top 5 defense. But those receivers, most drop passes in the league – I said this on the last episode. They're not going to do it for you. And if you shut down Travis Kelsey, have fun. Because, or if you're Patrick Mahomes, have fun. Because you're going to be running around looking at nobody at that point. And on top of that, too, Dolphins have been in Germany all week. All week. Chiefs are just getting up there. I liked, I like the chances to the Dolphins. See you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's going to be something. Now, I want to do... And this is also uh, the Dolphins' best chance at getting some credibility because all their wins are against teams that are sub-500. 
So, yeah, I just want to say that the Dolphins, they need to beat the fraud allegations with this game. As you know, they have not beaten a team over 500, and uh, they're known for throwing their weight around with bad teams but struggling against good teams. And they have been in Germany longer, and the Chiefs aren't there, but uh, you're going to laugh at me for saying this. You're not going to agree, but I think the Chiefs will win in a squeaker for two reasons. One, Patrick Mahomes, I believe, will rise to the occasion. And two, this is where you're going to laugh. And you're not going to like it, but look me in the eyes and tell me I'm wrong. The officials will not let Kansas City lose. You're wrong. I saw that one coming. Oh, a word? Is that so, Justin? Is that so? Not if the Dolphins Dolphins blow them out of the water. Oh, that's fair. But I think if it's a close – see, here's the thing. The the, the recipe for Miami is that you need to hit the ground running. You need to go out and – like New England, like I said, you went up and you spat New England's face. You went for it on fourth down multiple times your own territory. You went up to New England and you said, I don't respect you. You have to do that to Kansas City. You have to march right up and say – we're in our own territory. We're going for our fourth down because we don't care. That's the attitude you have to bring. You have to hit the ground running, punch them in the mouth, score early and often. Because if you're in a tight game in the fourth quarter, my money's going to be on Mahomes. And let's face it, refs, uh, you know, they've been handed games. The Chiefs have. Let's just speak the truth. So I just lean Kansas City, and it's going to be like, 3128. It's gonna be the Dolphins. Yeah. I got the Dolphins in this one. I, I believe that that offensive firepower that they have, I do not believe the Chiefs can contain that. I think that if the Chiefs are able to beat the hell out of the Dolphins physically, then we're talking about a different story here. But to CJ's point of yeah, having the attitude of going up on fourth down and going for it on fourth down in your own end and saying screw you to the Pats and just sticking it to their face. I think we're just talking about two different teams, though, at that point. You're talking about a divisional rival that's maybe a top 15 defense, or they're definitely a top 15 defense. But in general, you're going up against a divisional rival where you got to have that attitude. And now you're going up against the Chiefs, who. Yeah, you have to win that game. You can have that attitude, but I don't know if going for it on fourth down in your own end to a top five defense is the way to go about it. But I see what you're saying, though, CJ. Like, you got to go into it with a hell-bent attitude of we don't care where you're going to throw at us and we don't care who you are. We're going to try to beat the hell out of you. Moving on, Vikings-Falcons. Falcons by three and a half, surprisingly, which – just reported also along with the Curtis Samuel news about well now probably 40 minutes ago to an hour is that Drake London is out for the game now too. And Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter for however long until they finally go back to Desmond Ritter, but Heineke getting the start. And then for the Vikings, why am I blanking on who's starting for the Vikings? It's uh Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall's uh, starting for the Vikings. Yeah, give me the Falcons. Taylor Heineke, let's be honest with ourselves. Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback than Desmond Ritter. And give me the – it's still going to be an ugly game, but I would expect 
the Atlanta Falcons to win probably like 17-14 or, or like a really, really just ugly game. Yeah, I can see that too. This is going to be an interesting, ugly game, but I still got the Falcons. Yeah, Falcons easily. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, Cardinals-Browns. So, um, P.J. Walker. Yeah, Cardinals, really. I'm not picking the Browns. What do you mean? Well, shut up. <laughs> um, wait, is, uh, is Kyler Murray back? He's not back, right? Not yet. No. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, then who's back? starting if they traded away Dobbs? Uh, let me check. It's someone else because he got Dobbs started, but then he got – Oh, Clayton Toon. Uh, I won't lie to you. I think I'm going with the Browns on this one. No, I'm For going two back. reasons. One, defense. Two, I'm not Justin Tucker. Uh, Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback. Okay. And? He's been playing uh, god-awful. Okay, that, that's all well and good. But consider, Clayton Toon is the starting quarterback for the other team. We don't know how good a, good or bad he'll be. So I'm still picking the Cardinals. I'm going to assume that Didn't he's going to be subbed bad. in last week and suck? No. He played against yes. uh, I think Josh Dobbs played against us the whole game. I don't know. I, I got the Cardinals. And yes, am I being a little bit of a Ravens fan with this pick? Yes, 100%. A I'm little bit. And the Grand Canyon is just a little bit of a hole in the ground. <laughs> Brown spread. The spread is Browns by 10. Um, I'd say they win by 17. Oh, yeah. never mind. No. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I was wrong. I was thinking of someone else. Clayton Toon has uh, one attempt. And one completion for four yards on the season. <laughs> it's a completion. I was thinking we'll of, uh, I was thinking of like I want to say Aiden O'Connell or Jay Kaner, one of the other. No, Aiden Aiden O'Connell is um, a Raider. That's that. Yeah, that's what I was He's thinking. He's going for the Raiders. Um, speaking of which, well, that's the uh, four twenty five game. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Rams Packers. Packers by three. Um, I said this on the pod on Tuesday. Packers definitely have a better defense than what they've had with Rodgers, but like it's still not still not anything really to brag about, really. Rams are extremely average. I don't really know who I like in this game, to be honest. Uh um. I mean, Packers I'm leaning three and a half. Spread, I spread like is Packers by three. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Green Bay for the reason of Matt Stafford, if he's playing, is going to be playing hurt. So, speaking of which, Rams are listing Stafford as questionable for Sunday, saying he's willing to take it right up to game time with a, the UCL sprain. Yeah, and he, so that's in his throwing hand, so... That in and of itself raises some big questions for me. So by default, I'm leaning Packers. Yeah. And once again, it's going to be another ugly game, and I'm probably thinking somewhere in the ballpark of like 21-14. I'm I'm taking the Rams. If Stafford can play, and that's a huge if, I believe that the weapons that the Rams have right now with Cup and uh, Nakoa, I believe those two would be more than enough to deal with that secondary right now. I mean, I it's know. true, but if he's playing, he's playing hurt. Yeah. Stafford I think I'm going to lean hurt before and put up quality numbers. That's all I need from him. 
I'm going to lean Green Bay because, yeah, they got Cup, they got Nakua, they got Atwell, they're, but they're still missing Kyron Williams. And mm. they've sh- and the Rams have shown that Nakua and Cup aren't all the world beaters that they really are. Yeah. Um, Bears and Saints. Uh, Saints by eight. I don't think this one really needs that much discussion. Tyson Madden is still the starter. Saints, Saints all the way around. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yes, that's easy. Anyone, anyone, we want to have some fun and put a score on it. It's a mid off to me, so I think it's going. To now be the Bears' defense is god awful, so I'm probably thinking somewhere in the ballpark of like twenty-seven to ten. Yeah, I, I was about to say like 30, I said twenty to ten. I was about to say even thirty to ten could be potential could be possible um and saints they could use all the wins that they could get because they could potentially be fighting for a divisional spot like tuck and i were talking about last week saints and bucks and falcons those three are gonna be really battling for a title spot maybe even a seventh seed because of how wide open the nfc just got at least wild card wise it got really wide open uh Hmm. moving on Speaking of which, Bucks Texans. Uh Texans favored by three points. This one could also go very much either way. Both teams coming in at three and four. Um, Texans picking up a loss against the Panthers last week after playing very solid football prior to that. Um, the Buccaneers last week losing to the Bills 24-18. Um I don't know. It's what do you guys think? I got the Bucks. I think they need this one in order to keep pace in the NFC South. If they can keep five hundred, I think they'll be fine. I got the Bucks this one. Yeah, I think the Bucks are just gonna grind it out. Yeah, and on top of that too, this the lat like the Thursday night game against the Bills, a huge part of that was receivers dropping. And that's kind of been a theme for the Bucks this year is receivers dropping balls at critical, uh, critical times. And Baker hasn't had that bad of a season. He's done pretty solid for himself. I think he's very underrated this year. Yeah, he's definitely been a very underrated player or very underrated quarterback. And he's you put it, another quarterback in there, I don't think the Bucks are going to be three and four. Um. Moving on to the 4 p.m. slate, Colts, Panthers, Colts by two and a half. Panthers obviously picking up their first win of the season last week against the Texans, as mentioned a couple seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Colts, basically all they really need to do is not let Adam Thielen get targeted 10 times, and they should be fine. Mm-hmm. I do not see them losing this game against the Panthers. I no. believe the Colts are just an overall better team. And so I believe they'll get the job done. I don't think it'll be particularly close. Agreed on that. Yeah, uh, this is another just this is just going to be another ugly, ugly game. There's a lot of ugly games on the slate. Yeah. Once again, I think the Colts just take it from Carolina. Here's a here's another really ugly game. Giants Raiders. Daniel Jones. Uh, is Danny Dimes playing? Danny Dimes is, in fact, playing, I'm pretty sure. Let me, just, let me just double check the injury report. 
Both. Uh, it doesn't matter. I thought Tyrod was going to help this team play better. It hasn't happened yet. Well, Tyrod Taylor's out, so. Yeah, he's out. So, I guess it has to be. Who's the third quarterback if Danny Dimes can't go? It was uh, Tommy DeVito, and he had negative two passing yards uh, last week. This is not good. So, Daniel Jones is starting, and Aiden McConnell is starting for the Raiders. Jimmy G shut down for the foreseeable future. Uh, Raiders by one and a half. Somehow. The Raiders are still favored to win. Um, oh, almost just screwed up the mic there, but um, yeah, think pretty easily. I feel like it's going to be the Raiders, but this is also going to be a very, very ugly game. It could be, uh, yeah, the Giants defense, Giants broken. defense is still they're still pretty solid. They picked it up since that, uh. Since the Bills Monday night game, they've been holding teams to a pretty considerable amount of points in general. Yeah. I, I mean, think the they... Giants will win this one, but oh my, uh, this is an ugly game. I think it's the ugliest game now that I'm just thinking. Uh, I just, I really don't know. I mean, the Giants are technically better on, no, not really. Uh, not I mean, even. The Raiders are. I mean, the Raiders they also, have more weapons, but I just they also, what are they going to do? Just got rid of Leonard Williams. Yeah, I just good God, this is just. I wouldn't be shocked if this game ends up in like a seven-seven tie. No, I'm being generous, a three-three. But if you had to twist my arm and make me choose, I am going seven. with. I don't know. I want to say the Raiders, but I'm no cool. coaching, demoralized players. Uh, I think it's the Giants because they didn't gonna be the Giants, but it's gonna be like. But I unironically think it's going to be something like thirteen to ten or like ten seven. It's gonna be a very probably the ugliest low scoring game we've seen in a good bit. And by that I mean since last week's Jets Giants game. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some much better games. Cowboys Eagles. This is a basically a battle for this is gonna be a little something. This is gonna be a good game. This is 425 kickoff, Philly by three. Um this could this could be a good rubber match right here. This this, technically it's Cowboys Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, really good record against the Eagles. I think he's eight and three against the Eagles in his career right now. So Cowboys have definitely had his or yeah, Dax had the Eagles number. So you have that in mind. Eagles aren't playing as well as they really should be by any means. Like they're definitely a much better team at this point last year than they were this year or that they are this year. Um, I'm still going to go Eagles. Yeah, I'm going Philly and (sighs) – I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. The punches are going to come fast and furious. But I – oh, man, I would say you got to put me down. Uh, give me Philly 34-28. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I, I, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I sound like Adam. I, I'm picking the Cowboys. God, oh, this hurts. I think it's not Cowboys a bad decision, good. though. It's not not a bad move it's at not, all. It's the Cowboys. It's always a bad decision. And if we're 
we've categorized Cowboys many times as a team, one of those teams that you really do not know which team you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we look at the schedule right now, so uh, after getting blown out or after blowout wins, so we'll take the Jets Cardinals back to back weeks, for example. Jets, the Jets game, they won 30 to 10. Mm-hmm. Cardinals game, they lost 28 to 16. Shouldn't have Patriots long. 49ers back to back games. Beat the Patriots 38 to 3. Lost to the 49ers 42 to 10. And now we have two straight games of wins. They only beat the Chargers by three. They smoked the Rams. I think this is going to be one of those games that the Cowboys get get their lunch handed to them, to say the least. I don't know. I, I don't know which one I'm going to get. That's why I'm begrudgingly picking the Cowboys because in a division game, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I believe they'll rise up to the occasion in this game because it's the Eagles. I think they can hang long enough for Dak Prescott to make a game-leading drive, and then I think that'll be enough to put them over the top against the Eagles. Fair enough. We'll see. Sunday night football game. Bills-Bengals. The game that everyone's been waiting for. The memes have come in. Matchup. Basically, we're looking at two teams that – this could sway a playoff position right here. Bills at five and three, Bengals at four and three. Bengals are starting to pick up at that midseason point like they did the last two years, and they're starting to get hot again, and they're starting to put together some wins for a playoff run. I'm going to go Bengals on this one. Yeah, it's going to be close, but I'm going Cincy because Buffalo, once again, is another team that needs to beat the fraud allegations because. Because, you know, you could go out and you can kick around whoever they just kicked around. I, I don't remember who we spoke about at once. but Yeah, oh, yeah, that you can go out and kick around the Vikings, but then you go lose in New England? I don't know. They're just too inconsistent. Bengals are getting hot at the right time. Buffalo's defense is a little banged up. So, I, therefore, I think I'm going with Cincy probably like 28-24. I got the Bills winning this one. Of course you do. You know what? You ain't going to let me explain myself? Because you're a Ravens fan. We've heard this song. I'm I'm joking. I'm I'm playing with you, Clyde. I just think the Bills are a better team. Of course they got to beat the fraud allegations. I think this is a good step in the right direction. Joe Burrow looked impressive against the 49ers. He beat them. And I believe that this is going to be a good matchup for the Bills to see if they're frauds or not. I think Josh Allen is going to come through. I think Stephon Diggs is going to show you guys why he should be considered a top five receiver. I believe that defense with the addition of Rasul Douglas will be better, and I think they'll be able to beat the fraud allegations and get a clean win. I don't see what's the problem here. I think that's I know, CJ, What is the problem? He thinks I'll just always pick against the Bengals because I'm a Ravens fan. Yes. He's not wrong, oh, but he's not right in this situation. I I mean, it's not to say that the Bills don't have. No, I mean, I'm not saying that the Bills winning is out of the question. It's just no. that. Meh. Moving on to the Monday night game. Final game on the slate. 
Chargers, Jets. Chargers coming in at three and four. Jets four and three. The line is at Chargers by three and a half. Uh, we're talking about this on Tuesday. No headband. Zach Wilson has been a dog. Granted, last week wasn't his best week. Still pulled out a victory. Or wait, I get that yeah, right he won. He, yeah. he beat. He beat. I don't the know Jones. why I was questioning myself there. But you know, I. I still like a Chargers team that has Justin Herbert as their quarterback. They still got a pretty dangerous offense. It's just the fact that they have such a crap coach and Brandon Staley. I'm still going to go Chargers. Yeah, I think they're just the overall better team. Yeah. Um, the only difference is that the Jets have a much better defense than the Chargers, which is very, very safe to say. Yeah. Uh, look, I know the Jets have a good defense, but the Chargers offense is just going to be a little too much for them. I, I still got the Chargers in this probably somewhere around like 24 to 10. Yeah. Matchup to watch for, obviously, Keenan Allen and Sauce Gardner. Um, Ooh, that's a good matchup. Yeah. Monday night game, I that's definitely going to be a must-see matchup is Keenan Allen Sauce Gardner. Um, You never know. I think that Sauce could definitely – handle his own. I feel like Keenan Allen in general will probably win the matchup, but it won't be one of those um, unanimous decision kind of fights, you know. But it's the last game. That's all the games that are on slate for this week. Teams on the bye, the Broncos, Lions, Niners, Jaguars, as that'll do it for us this afternoon. Thank you for listening to us. New episode coming out on Tuesday at 730 and, of course, new episodes in general, Tuesdays at 7.30 and Fridays at 5. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also have our all of our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcast, mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and so much more. Be sure to follow our Instagram, FumbleRooski underscore podcast, as well as our TikTok under the same name, FumbleRooski underscore podcast, to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. And with that, Chris Kostich, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker, we will see you next week. Signing off, over and out.